Generation X being completely ignored and overlooked in the boomers versus millennials battle might actually be the most Gen X thing to ever happen to us. Twitter user Meredith Lee. History Podcast, where we set the historical record straight, no matter who it might offend. I'm Paul, and it's Friday, which means we're almost to the weekend. We've talked before about revision, historical revision, in films, but we've never really talked a lot about pop culture and the revision that comes from urban legends. Now, I realize that may not fit the exact definition of history for some people, but it is our personal history even stuff that happened recently. So I thought today we'd look at five different urban legends, or myths if you will, that people from Generation X, of which I am one, actually believed back in the late 70s through the 1980s. It should, if nothing else, be humorous. Now as I said, and have probably said before, I am a proud member of Generation X. It's a stance that's part default response to our well-known fatalism. I can't change the generation I was born into, so I might as well embrace it. And part acknowledgement that, with apologies to Tom Brokaw and the men who won World War II, we are the greatest generation. You may disagree with me, but I'm right. All that said, our greatness doesn't mean that we weren't, and aren't sometimes still, a bunch of gullible knuckleheads. Long before Twitter and Facebook and fake news made urban legends and pop culture myths an everyday occurrence, we were buying into outrageous lies, hook, line, and sinker. Before I get into some of the stupid things we did believe, I need to mention a few that we never did. In spite of the best efforts of fundamentalist preachers and crusading government officials, we never believed that heavy metal music, video games, or Dungeons and Dragons were satanic in any way. Those black and white stickers on albums that said parental advisory, explicit lyrics, didn't deter us. They actually made it easier to pick out the best new music. In that one way, if in no other, we were exactly like every generation both before us and after. If you told us something was bad for us, we wanted it. As a bonus, we got to watch Dee Snyder of Twisted Sister totally own a bunch of idiot senators with a lesson on the evils of censorship. Not all of our moments were bright and shining, however. So here are a few pop culture myths and urban legends that Generation X kids believed that make us groan looking back four decades later. And to clarify, I'm only including urban legends that were widely accepted, not fringe ones like the girl in my sophomore class who fervently believed that Billy Squire was Jim Morrison finally come out of hiding. Even on drugs, Jim would have never made the tragic video for Rock Me Tonight that killed Billy's career. So let's get to the list. Number one, Mikey from the Life Cereal commercial died from mixing Pop Rocks and soda. If you lived in America in the mid-1970s, little Mikey's surprising love of Life Cereal was inescapable, especially during Saturday morning cartoons. For reasons I can't explain, a rumor started one day that he mixed Pop Rocks, candy, and soda, which caused his stomach to explode, killing him. I know it sounds ridiculous now, 
But is it really more ridiculous than any number of things currently trending on Twitter? According to a story on Snopes.com, even friends of the mother of John Gilchrist, who played Mikey, were taken in by the legend, with one calling her in the late 1970s to express her condolences. Gilchrist recalled that his mom called him in from the playground to reassure the friend that he was alive and well. The rumor spread so widely that the FDA took out full-page ads in an attempt to convince the public that such a combustible outcome was quite impossible. For the record, John Gilchrist is still alive and is currently the director of media sales for the Madison Square Garden Network. And mixing pop rocks and coke remains gross. Number two, the drowning in the Phil Collins song In the Air Tonight was real. Now, I personally think this urban legend cropped up simply to make what was a terrible song more interesting. Almost immediately after the song's 1981 release, rumors sprang up that the lyrics were in fact a true account of an incident that Collins witnessed. The legend has a few variations, but the most common one is that Collins was too far away to assist the drowning person, but a friend of his was close enough to save them, but did nothing. Over time, the legend expanded to include Collins identifying the culprit at a concert right before playing the song. Now for his part, Collins has always denied these stories, and you'd think he would know. He's explained on numerous occasions that the song is about his bitterness over his divorce from his first wife, Andrea. Now, that's not nearly as dramatic a genesis for the song. See what I did there? But the facts are rarely as dramatic as we would like. Number three, a ghost in the film Three Men and a Baby. This is one that somehow persists despite being debunked repeatedly. Perhaps because we see what we want to see, and the so-called ghost in Three Men and a Baby is there for all who want to see it. If you've ever watched the film, you've seen for yourself that there appears to be the ghost of a small boy standing behind a curtain in one scene. I know it freaked me out the first time I saw it. The legend that developed was that a young boy died in the apartment where the movie was filmed and haunted the set during filming, finally being caught on film in that one scene. There are two big problems with this story, however. The first is that they were not filming in an apartment at all, but rather on a Toronto soundstage. The second is that the boy is actually a cardboard cutout of actor Ted Danson's character in a tuxedo and top hat, as can be clearly seen in still images from the film. The rumor did help VHS sales of a mediocre movie. Number four, the curse of the movie Poltergeist. Curses have supposedly plagued, plagued film sets for nearly a century, from accidents on the set of the original Ben-Hur in 1925, to the alleged and widely debunked tale of the suicide on the set of The Wizard of Oz, to incidents during the filming of The Omen and The Exorcist. But for Gen X kids, the ultimate cursed film was definitely 1982's Poltergeist. We heard about the deaths and believed in the curse, almost without question. In reality, the four deaths surrounding Poltergeist include all three films in the series, Poltergeist from 1982, Poltergeist 2 in 1986, and Poltergeist 3 in 1988. However, we somehow managed to attach them all to the famous first installment, making it seem even more spooky as a result. But even with that, there was no curse. Two of the four deaths, both from actors on Poltergeist 2, were actually not mysterious at all. 
Julian Beck died of stomach cancer soon after filming was completed, but he'd been diagnosed with the disease three years before that. Will Sampson died after a heart and lung transplant, a procedure with obvious risks attached. Totally unexpected, however, were the tragic deaths of two young actresses from the original film. Dominique Dunn, sister of actor-director Griffin Dunn, daughter of writer Dominic Dunn, and niece of author Joan Didion, was murdered by her estranged boyfriend in 1982 at the age of 22. Heather O'Rourke, who was only six years old in the first film and was the key character in all three, also died tragically at the age of 12 in 1988. In her case, what was first thought to be simply a case of the flu was in fact an acute bowel obstruction. She sadly died of septic shock during surgery to remove the obstruction. All the deaths were tragic, but none of them were the result of a curse. Number five, and we're up to the craziest one of all. Well, the Pop Rocks is probably still the craziest, but this one's pretty crazy. Stairway to Heaven Played Backwards is an ode to Satan. Now this one never got the worldwide traction that the whole Paul is dead urban legend did, but that Beatles myth had been running for more than a decade by the time I was 10. And if the Paul McCartney we had was a fake, he was as good as the original, so who cared? But when televangelist Paul Crouch claimed in the early 1980s that when Stairway to Heaven was played backward you heard a satanic message, he got our attention. Crouch claimed the words were as follows, as reported in Rolling Stone. Quote, Here's to my sweet Satan, the one whose little path would make me sad, whose power is Satan. He will give those with him 666. There was a little tool shed where he made us suffer, sad Satan. End quote. And believe it or not, Robert Plant himself admitted that it does sound similar to what Crouch claimed, but he called it a coincidence. I think that Plant was being too generous, because if you listen to the section played backwards before reading Crouch's interpretation, it sounds like nonsense with a few recognizable words, as you'd expect. Played with Crouch's version in front of you, however, many of his words appear to match. The power of suggestion is very strong. And to be totally honest, I never saw Crouch's version or listened to it backward until working on this podcast. As a kid, I heard that Zeppelin played backward was devil music, accepted it as fact, they were odd dudes after all, and immediately ran out and bought Led Zeppelin 4. I have no regrets about that last part. Seriously, just listen to it. It's a masterpiece. So that's five crazy urban legends that Generation X kids believed were true. They obviously weren't, and we should have looked more into them then, just like we should always look into any kind of historical revision now. You can't let your guard down. Now looking back, we really should have known better, but in our defense, we were still just dumb kids. Maybe we were too distracted playing D&D while listening to Crazy Train backward and smoking a ton of weed. I'm just glad that while all the things above may actually be urban legends, at least we know for sure that Bigfoot is real. I hear he's playing drums on the new Guns N' Roses tour. That's our episode for today. We'll be back to history again soon. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you found it both informative and entertaining. If you'd like to help us keep episodes like this coming, 
please consider clicking on the support this podcast link in the show notes. It'll go a long way towards helping us create more episodes and hopefully becoming completely ad-free. Thanks a lot. Thank you.